0: Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the got to get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com.
1: I got something for you. Here's the thing.
2: So, my opinion of, of the. Hey, 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 for those of you who saw Eddie Murphy in Raw, in the very beginning, going way back, way back, in the beginning, young Eddie Murphy's doing this thing, and his uncle says, That boy's got talent. He's got talent. So Will Smith with the acting. Oh, wow. We thought he was about to give us something, something that we've been asking for and waiting for. Jason Johnson, I'm just going to get right to it. Come and let everybody in on our little text chat, our back and forth. Jason Johnson, you have been dying. You have been dying (laughs) to weigh in on Jada and Will. So let's just start our brother from another. Welcome to brother from another. Good to see y'all. Sirius XM channel 85, Peacock TV, YouTube, whoever you're consuming. We appreciate it. Give us five stars. Tell your family, tell your friends. All right, Jason Johnson, go. What do you want to say? These
1: people owe us money. They owe us money. <laughs> they owe us time. They owe us video. I am so disgusted. And Michael, first off, I want to start off by saying this. Anybody out there who says, I'm tired of Will Smith and Jada, y'all don't need to hear this, okay? Because I am ready to hear them get dragged from here to eternity. They gave us seven years of lies, okay? I'm perfectly happy for them to get seven years of hell and dragging on the internet and online. These people portrayed themselves to the public as the perfect modern family. We're progressive, we're open-minded, we're open, we're this, we're that, we let our couple blah, blah, blah. And then we find out they've been lying. This is fraud if i go to mcdonald's and they say i'm selling you 100 percent all beef patties for the last seven years and they're like sorry it was actually mushrooms that's a lie. these people have been lying to us which means that all the conversations all the hits all the discussions that we've had on this show about the slap last year the discussions within the black community all of that is built upon a lie because these two aren't even married and that to me is worthy of condemnation. But that they to are me married. is worthy of shame. That to me is they worthy married, of criticism. Though. I hope no, Jada's
2: on. book goes triple, quadruple cardboard. That's what I hope. Hey, listen. First of all, her book is going straight. It's going straight to the New York Times bestsellers list. That just is. That just is. It's gonna do that. Uh, That's what. It, I don't know how long it's gonna stay there, but it's go, it's going there. It's gonna sell. Uh, secondly, they are married, Jason. They, okay, now, maybe they're not together, but they're married. See, it's complicated. Hey, are y'all together? Well, not really. Are y'all divorced? No. So, y'all y'all married? Yeah. But y'all together? No. Come on, you don't. You mean to tell me you're not entertained by the nuance, by the, yeah, you think it's this, but it's that? You're not entertained by the, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained?
1: Are you Jason not entertained? Johnson? Okay, first off, that requires lions and gladiators, okay? And the last time I cared that much about anybody else's relationship status, it was on Facebook in 2008 when you could say, together, single, or it's complicated, right? This isn't complicated, it's just a lie. These two, they're not pastors, they're not psychologists. (laughs) They could have told us six, seven years ago, hey, our brand is gonna be, we are a consciously uncoupling group of people who show the rest of America how we can co-parent, that's fine. But Michael, this is the other part that I can get me. I know you understand this. You're a parent. Lots of people we have on the show are parents. They involved their children in this lie, right? They had, they had, they had Willow and they had Jaden out there doing red table talks and stuff like that, perpetuating the lie that they were together and they've been living separate lives. That's the stuff that offends me. Dragging Chris Rock's name out there, so now we know basically that Will Smith went on national television, global television, and slapped another black man for his roommate.
2: His non hey, roommate, Hey, this is ridiculous. Hey, hold on. Hey, wait a minute. Wait. What what wouldn't you do for a roommate? Wouldn't you stand up for your roommate? Your roommate's <laughs> out there. You wouldn't do something for your roommate. You wouldn't. And hey, hey, listen, what, what, we, what, I'm say, we, what I'm saying. Is hurt. That Will was I Smith,
1: hurt? Smith. Will Smith. I said I said this a year ago. This was toxic masculinity at its at its at its worst, at its most extreme. And actually, this reinforces what I said last year, which is the idea that, like, wait a minute. So you went, this was no longer your wife as far as what she is saying and as far as what you've been able to present. Look, I know people
2: who there. read Will's autobiography See, last year. It's that stuff right there. And this it's is that one of those stuff, things, It's that right there. Yeah. It's those pictures. Yeah. It's like, it's like. That's weird.
1: Yeah, so you went and smacked this man and assaulted someone publicly. I understand respect, but again, it's still toxic masculinity. And what really, I'll be honest with you, Holly, and this is no disrespect to Jada Smith, because uh, you know uh, uh, Jada Pinkett, I think this is important to understand. She's not some Instagram model who married a rich guy. She's an actress. She's an entertainer. She's a musician. She had a show called Hawthorne on USA for several years. It's not like she's not talented in her own right. But for the last decade... For certainly last three to five years. Her primary content creation seems to be dishing mean things about her marriage, which we now find out wasn't a marriage. <laughs> and that, yeah. to me, that to me
2: is horrible. Hey, I, that's the part. I can't I can't get with. I, I I'm not as offended. I'm not offended by that, but I am. You know, I do come away with this whole thing. I come away from this whole episode with great respect for both of their acting abilities. I mean, they sold us. We were sold all the way. Hey, I believe the red table. I was sitting there at the red table. Mom is there. Daughter, Jada doing it. And like The, the deep the, 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 the deep sensitivity, the looks of concern. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I believe it. She's, she's being vulnerable. And she appeared to be vulnerable, but not vulnerable about the thing that she just didn't want to share with the rest of the class. Okay. Now listen. Now you may seem like a sensitive guy and you may seem offend you may see you may seem offended by this. So you sound like you're offended by this. Yeah, then you turn around and put in your feed yeah. that you want somebody to lose their livelihood from coaching an NFL team. <laughs> you're looking forward to firing people on TV, on a radio, podcast, whatever we're doing, we're doing all of the above. Now you're trying to take somebody's livelihood away, so go ahead. You insensitive person, you, um, who do you want to fire now on a Wednesday in October?
1: <laughs> this this is the beauty of this, Holly. This is why I always say we have to understand, hey, these people are entertainers. Ain't nobody losing their job as an NFL coach who isn't still getting paid. You're going to get paid out the rest of your contract. You're going to get paid out the rest of your contract probably yeah. more than the lowest play payer on your team. So we got to understand that. The people who need to go, the people who have not oh, earned their more, paychecks. Definitely more are than Brandon the on your with team. the Chargers. I don't know how yep. many years we're gonna waste of, of Justin Herbert's skill set with this guy who doesn't seem to be able to put it together. Brian Dable with the Giants. I'm sorry, but this team is a step away from a rebuild. Daniel Jones is not the man. He ain't him. He ain't her. He ain't they. He is nobody. He is not that guy. He is not that person. He's not that player. He's not even just Well a guy, done. Okay? He is, nothing. Well he is something well on done. Saquon Barkley's Bartley, Saquon cleats. That is all Daniel Jones is at this particular point. And Brian Dayball is not going to be the coach to be able to take them out of this. And, of course, my personal favorite King of all under the buses, the man who has made it his entire career to blame other people for his own bad decision making mistakes. The man who the past has caught up with him and the future ain't got no place for him, Sean Payton, who has talked cash oh, nonsense since this summer okay. about anything and everybody and has led the Broncos to a one in five record.
2: So why, why you got uh, you got Bill Belichick. And you have uh, two asterisks next to Bill Belichick's name. What's that all about?
1: Because I think Bill Belichick might be in the Greg Popovich territory, which is Popovich, you know, we don't know if the game has passed him by yet, right? He couldn't seem to work things out with uh, uh, with Kawhi Leonard. I don't know. A lot of people can't seem to work things out with Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard doesn't seem to know if he likes getting on the court or if he just likes apples. We don't know about Kawhi Leonard. So we'll see if Greg Popovich can have a second, third, fourth renaissance of his coaching career with Wimby this season. If he turns Wimby into a rookie of the year uh, kind of player, then okay, then maybe Greg hasn't lost his step. Bill Belichick, I put in the same category. Matt Jones may not be the man, but that doesn't mean Bill Belichick can't coach anymore. You're coming after Tom Brady. It's going to be hard to find another franchise quarterback. I don't think one and a half sort of mediocre seasons since Tom Brady left means a Belichick can't coach. It doesn't mean that suddenly the Belichickian way doesn't make any sense. You also happen to be in a really, really tough division. You have a great defense with the Jets. You have a juggernaut with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And then you have the Miami Dolphins, who, as long as they can get 12 good weeks out of Tua, maybe 12, at most 12, they might be the most explosive offense we've seen since like the 98 Minnesota Vikings or the greatest show on turf for Kurt Warner. So I don't think Belichick needs to be out of a job just yet, but these other folks, they don't know what they're doing.
2: So you're the problem. You're the problem with American culture right now. You're the problem with the culture right now. (laughs) You're just ungrateful. You put Brian Dayball on this. You realize last time this time last year, this time last year, the giants of 2022 were expected to perform like the Giants of 2023. We all knew they were bad. We all knew Brian Dayball did a wonderful job with a not so talented team. He was coach of the year last year with a team that overperformed. And now that his team is playing to expectations, we get headlines like that. That the honeymoon is over and heading for the hot heading for the hot seat. This is why the Giants are quietly a bad organization, too. We always make fun of the Jets. But the Jets haven't won it. The Giants have won two Super Bowls in the last 15 years. So we we praise them, too, you know, two in the last 16, 17 years. But they're stupid. And like, come on. They weren't supposed to be good. And now that they're bad, like they're supposed yeah. to be, like they were supposed to be last, last year, now we go we go change it around? They just, they performed out of order last year. 22 was supposed to be 23 and vice versa. They got it wrong. They were confused wires and signals. And neurons were crossed with the Giants. Ah, Jason, I'm so now, disappointed. See, anyway, see, Holly, out of
1: out of order. Out of order is giving me my ice cream before my T-bone steak. That's out of order. Okay, out of order is watching uh, Revenge of the Stiff instead of A New Hope. That's out of order. Okay, <laughs> having a great team that makes the playoffs your first to. year and then they stink it up the next year. That ain't out of order. That's bad coaching. And when you recognize that you pay $60 million to a highly mediocre quarterback who doesn't take nearly as much heat as he should, given how much money they paid him, that is also a coaching issue. I ask you this, because I can tell you what the identity is of the Vikings. I can tell you what the identity is of a team like the Colts. I can even tell you what the identity is of of the Houston Texans. What's the identity of the Giants, other than Blue and begging for Saquon Barkley to show up? Nothing. They have no identity. and that's a coaching issue. I should know who you are. Detroit has an identity. The Giants have no identity.
2: All right. Well, listen, speaking of identity, since you gave us the Star Wars reference, uh, who's the resistance? Who's the empire in this whole house speaker episode? Jim Jordan out there begging, begging, ain't too proud to beg, begging for votes. so what's going on here some people are are supporting Jordan some people are mad that this vote is taking place in the first place they didn't want Kevin McCarthy out what's going on in the GOP
1: you know what this is our next Jordan who's having his last dance because this guy is dead literally this happened about 10-15 minutes before the show started Jim Jordan is not going to end up being Speaker of the House. And we should all be incredibly thankful for this. One, because of his history. This is a man who, even when he first ran for office, you have multiple Ohio State wrestling college players who come forward to say that they told him that they were being subjected to sexual abuse by a coach when he was on the coaching staff, and he did nothing. Didn't just gaslight them, didn't just report it, said nothing as young men under his care were being sexually assaulted and has refused to say anything or come clean about it after all these years, despite a massive investigation, despite these young men coming forward at great risk to their personal privacy and safety later on. So I can't trust, if I can't trust you to look after college players who are under your care. How the heck am I supposed to trust you to be third or fourth in line to protect this nation? to protect this nation yeah. if you become Speaker of the House. Here's the other thing about That's Jim Jordan. This man yeah. is knee deep all the way up to his, his his rolled up sleeves in the January 6th attempted insurrection. I don't want an insurrectionist running things. You don't want Darth Vader being there working with the rest of the rebels to come up with the plans. Why? Because he's part of the empire. Now, I don't think Jim Jordan has enough force to do anything except roll up the sleeves on a regular basis, but he clearly doesn't have the force to get anybody else on his team to like him. He is probably the most dis like leader, we have seen in the it, it, probably in the last ten to twelve years when it comes to Congress, he's worse than Ted Cruz, and that takes work.
2: Mm. Y- y'all see how he just did that? I gave him the Star Wars; he gave us the Star Wars thing. I gave back to him, and then he just kind of repurposed it and did that. Wow, very impressive. All right, last thing, last thing, because this is probably what I disagree with you most on. You have a problem that the NBA season about to start. It's October. It's about time for the NBA season to start in October, late October, early November. Uh, Do you think the season starts uh, too early? Wait, what? 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 What's that? What's all this? What's all this yawning? Look, I, I've said before,
1: I am in favor of contraction with the NBA season, or perhaps turning the season to something like you have with the English Premier League, where if you don't make the playoffs after a certain number of years, you get pushed out of the league and you have to fight your way back into it. Because at 82 games, first off, we have a lot of players who can't seem to make 82 games anymore. I don't blame them for it. The physicality of this game today, no, it's not like the NBA in the 1980s before people start commenting, but the kind of 490s. ground they have to cover, the kind of effort that they have to put into the game is much different. You We're are chasing the 2000s. whole court nowadays. You didn't have to chase the whole court yeah. in 1987. I'm just saying. It's a different kind of game. I I think the NBA season should basically start on Christmas. That's the first day I pay attention to it anyway. Because the first, the first six or seven weeks, people are really just playing themselves into shape. As excited as I am about seeing Giannis and, and, and Dane play together, as excited as I am to see LeBron and, and, um, and the rest of his team actually try and accomplish something one way or another, I don't care until Christmas. Most people don't care until Christmas. There's much better, better, better basketball better be watching, uh, you know, with the WNBA. You can watch international ball. I just really think the league starts way too early. And we know because home court advantage has become less and less important over the last couple of years in the playoffs. Most teams don't even try until you start getting to the all-star break.
2: Oh, so you crazy. It's just crazy. Okay. You know what I, you know, uh, Gary, let's just take a break. Let's take a break. And now, I mean, there's just so many. Hey, hey, and it sounds, and hey, here it is, here it is, Doc Johnson. It all sounds like when you say it, it all sounds good, whether I agree with it or not. It it's sounds sincere. good, but, but then I want to go in and be like, but, but what about this? What about that? I want to go in and just like, and we can spend a whole show doing that. So, I'll let you get that off your chest. You feel good. The number one thing is, Will and Jada has been on your mind for a long time, it's been, it's been on your mind for a long time. I'm glad you were able to share that with the public. When we come back, we go talk to Liv Moves. You're, ready. You're not ready for the Liv Moves. Liv Moves has been keeping a secret I'm from so me, looking forward least. to this. I'm She's
1: so looking forward to this. She's been keeping a secret for me. I'm a fan of hers, so this is going to be great.
2: And then y'all going to have some apology tour too. I know that. Y'all, po- the apology tour <laughs> is coming.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?
2: All right, so welcome back to the show. Liv Moods is here. Liv Moods is here. And so, Liv, I got to tell you, Jason, you got to notice too. We were in Stanford. I was in Stanford yesterday uh, meeting okay. with the BFA crew. Had a great time. Had dinner. We had Drinks. Great time. I, I didn't partake in the drinks. I was driving. So I don't know what happened. I think everybody got back. The show's on the air. So I, I think everything. everybody held it together. But in the midst of this great time, we were talking about people we respect and people we like. And... Your name came up, Liv. And they were like, yeah, Liv, you know, she's a gambling expert. I said, what? what? Hold on. (laughs)
4: That's a big word, expert.
2: Woo. I said, wait a a minute. (laughs) Liv Moods is a gambling expert. I knew she was my people, but oh, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) How have you, how have we not talked about this? Liv, we haven't talked about this. This is your passion. This is your passion?
4: Yes, I love aside. I love Ooh, gambling. I Ashley love, that's Nicole how,
3: no, that's no, how I got friends.
4: in this space Get to begin Ashley with. Was we're best friends. <laughs> we're best
3: friends.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's how I got in this space to begin with, was sports betting. I had graduated a TCU, as you know, uh, during the pandemic, and – no sports were happening but people were betting on russian table tennis so it was like the most random things people were grasping at straws to try to keep sports in their life and so it was kind of my only opportunity to do what i wanted to do as a sports host broadcaster content creator so i jumped in head first and here we are now three years into it and and still loving it and still betting and and still losing money and winning money and it's you know it's a great time so
2: uh, listen just between us between you me and jason uh what's up tonight i mean what like what you know you got any tips for us like what you know give me like uh something i can you know put a little something on you know yeah make uh, a little you money. know
4: nothing nothing for tonight but i'll tell you i i feel really good about a chargers cover this weekend against the chiefs in a divisional spot i think the chiefs um are a little underwhelming this year i think they're still a great squad but there's something about what the Chargers were doing against the Cowboys that was exciting to watch, and their defense looked like it stepped up. Uh, they were sacking the heck out of Dak Prescott, and I really, really like what I think they can do in a divisional spot. So I like the Chargers to cover. That's the one I know I like right now, so I'll give you that much.
2: All right, uh, hold on, Jason, because uh, Liv mentioned the Cowboys, and I want to get you, you both weighing in on this. Micah Parsons had his podcast, and Micah Parsons, you know, essentially saying, hey, listen, y'all, You go ahead, you you can be a critic, but I just want you to uh, have some even distribution in your criticism. Here's Micah Parsons talking about what he sees as a double standard. I just don't condone the bashing of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and have the same energy for the Eagles. We want the same energy for everybody because there's a whole bunch of bashing when it's Dak Prescott, but not the same when it's the Eagles. So why is it that we are just scrubs and we're nobodies that don't deserve to be on the field and we're just all talk, but there's a hundred excuses for these other other teams. If y'all just want to hate Cowboys Nation, just say, y'all hate Cowboys Nation. I'm tired of people trashing my quarterback. I'm tired of people trashing my team. And that's why I had nothing to say to the media this week. All right, so yeah, so Micah Parsons, the prophet Micah says, hey, uh uh-uh, that's not fair. Eagles lost too. Eagles lost, y'all ain't going at them like y'all went at us, and I see so many contradictions and so many loopholes in the argument, but uh, Liv and Jason, I'll let y'all take it. Uh, What do you make of Micah Parsons and the criticism?
4: Take it away, Jason. I'll I'll back you up. I'm going to
1: say this. Okay, the prophet Micah should definitely sit back and take a look at the book of numbers. And the book of numbers tells you that Dak's only got one significant playoff win, and that's by beating the Seattle Seahawks when Pete Carroll was being out-coached as per the usual with Russell Wilson, which always happens in the playoffs. Dak has massively underachieved. Dak is basically Kirk Cousins in a prettier uniform. Dak is pretty much the same as Derek Carr. Ooh. Dak is pretty much the same as a whole slew of middle class, low interest rate mortgage quarterbacks that are in the NFL that happen to benefit from having great brands, but not a lot of product on the field. So, a course, you going to take that kind of heat. Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback, he's MVP quality, he took his team to the Super Bowl last year, he's having a little bit of an offseason, but he's been great when it comes to fantasy football, and he's more of a leader! So I don't know why anybody would be confused as to why the Dallas Cowboys are taking this kind of heat, and let's not even get started about Jerry Jones and all the racist nonsense he said on a regular basis, they're lucky, they're lucky that we focus on the play on the field, because we have talked about the people who actually ran that organization, they would take more heat than they can stomach.
4: Well, I'm not sure how to follow that one up. That was pretty uh, eloquently stated, but uh, no, I mean, I agree. And I think here's the issue is that uh, uh, wins matter. Obviously, every win matters. This is me speaking as a Broncos fan. Trust me. I know how bad they matter and how bad that they, you know, the losses also matter. But the thing is about the Cowboys, we hear them running their mouths. We hear the fan bases running their mouths time and time again. Uh, But if you don't win when it matters. I don't really care. I think that there is so much to say about a quarterback that can be successful on a do or die, you know, stage in a must win situation pressure matters not just pressure from a defense but can you perform on the biggest stage possible and Dak Prescott has yet to prove that so and I do understand the frustration of hey we got to have the same tone of voice about uh, Dak Prescott that we do for other quarterbacks I have mentioned this right on brother from another when we were talking about Josh Allen listen I am not going to make excuses for Josh Allen turning over the ball if I don't make excuses for Dak Prescott so I agree in that sense but you're comparing apples to oranges here when you look at this Eagle team versus this Cowboys team they've made it to the biggest stage they've made it to a Super Bowl they've won their division they've won, uh, you know their their conference championships so it's really again they I I don't think this is a good timed podcast either considering they could not be competitive against the 49ers team like at all so it's like yes you did get a win Dak Prescott had a good performance but guess what you were also playing the Chargers who play zero pass defense so I would hope that Dak Prescott had a good game or that you got a dub or that you won, uh, you know, in a prime time game. But again, against the 49ers, the best team right now in the NFL, you couldn't compete at all. It was an absolute curb and stomp. So
2: you're always, and look, look, like, it, it, you're, you're absolutely right. Live and Jason. You're both right. And I'll say, uh, it's nice that Micah Parsons is defending his quarterback. That's good. That's a good teammate being a good teammate. But when you play for the Dallas Cowboys, there really is not going to be, a, hey, why not, why not do the same thing to them that, that you do to us? Well, that's kind of the gift and curse of being a member of the Dallas Cowboys. The standards are different. You're, the scrutiny is different, not only in Texas, but around the country. There are Cowboys lovers. There are Cowboys haters. And the attention is going to be on you at all times. And uh, you didn't just lose. You lost to uh, the team that you have been looking forward to playing on a national stage, Sunday Night Football, 42 to 10. You lost 42 to 10 in a game. This was supposed to be your your revenge. You're going to avenge your playoff loss, and it was worse. It was worse yep. than the actual playoff loss.
4: Uh, uh, Listen, now, uh, if you can't of, take the heat, but, get out the kitchen. If you want to be America's okay. team, it's going to come with some extra you know, criticism. And if you can't handle that, then maybe the Detroit Lions should be America's team. Oops.
2: Uh, well, I they are. There. They're BFA's team. They're That's BFA's what I team. think. Now, I agree. Now, what I want to know from y'all, just real quick, I want to know from y'all, um, can the defense rest? By the way, because you know, like this court case been going on for a long time. Hey, the the jury wants to go. We all like we all we ready. We ready for a resolution. As a <laughs> matter of fact, the jury, the jury has figured it out. Oh, we it 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 is 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 unanimous. We got it. We got it, Your Honor. We got it. But get but can the Russell Wilson defenders? You, Jason. You live. Can y'all stop? After I'm talking about Jay uh, Russell, Russell Wilson. Oh, he ain't. Oh, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. Russ don't play defense. Then he went out uh, and gave us 95 yards and two picks in an actual football game. It was horrible on a Thursday night. Ruined everybody's long weekend. Thanks, Russ. Terrible. Can y'all stop? Okay, are we done now? Do we, no. Is the case? We rest our case? No. Oh, we ain't done yet. No. We ain't done no. yet.
1: I, I, I am, I am the Johnny Cochran in this situation here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if, and if, if the shoe don't fit, okay. If the offense don't fit, if the defense don't work, you must equip Russell Wilson. I'm not saying he's the greatest ever. I'm never going to make that argument one way or another. But we have seen such ridiculously incompetent coaching on the part of Sean Payton. We've seen such terrible coaching on the part of Vance Joseph. I'm not holding any of those players, any of those players accountable for the mess that we see at one and five. Let's talk about culture first, because that's the first thing that Sean Payton was supposed to fix. He came in talking nonsense about everybody spitting lines against Nat Hackett spitting lines against Russell Wilson that man came out of the media he knew what he was saying does that team rally around him did anybody on that team say hey we got to win against the Jets because we don't want our coach Sean Payton to look bad no that offensive line was trash no the defense was bad as usual then what do we see Vance Joseph lets people put up 70 on him I thought they were playing against Kobe Bryant because I don't know anybody else who just puts up 70 like that and Vance Joseph didn't get fired No consequences. Then you got reports out there from the team that people are saying they don't like him. They're in the locker room. They're calling him Vic Vangio Part 2. Russell Wilson's numbers have been consistent. If you thought a 34-year-old quarterback was going to fill all the holes in your team, I got something else to tell you. You're not going to do that. The team's got Swiss cheese issues. But it starts at the top. It's rather at yes. the top. I'd fire Sean Payton to start over if I could, but ain't nobody going to do that because it's always easier to blame the quarterbacks, especially when they're black. Shout out to Justin Fields, who got the same kind of hell, and Trey Lance. Uh,
4: yeah. I mean, listen, as a Broncos fan, I, I got to tell you, there are so many layers to what's going on here. And and you mentioned starting at the top and you mentioned Sean Payton. It actually goes further than that. Our front office has been a mess for years. And when they make a poor decision, it doesn't just affect that season. We've had front offices for the past five years, for the past decade, actually, since John Elway sold his soul for a Super Bowl that have just been making poor decision after poor decision. And it's setting us back years and years and years. And this has been an ongoing issue. And here's what I'm going to tell you about Russell Wilson. People were still blaming Wilson when he was putting up excellent numbers in the first five games of the season. He has one bad game, and everyone's like, Russ, Russ, Russ. It's been about Russ. We've been making it about Russell Wilson this whole season, and Russ hasn't even been the problem. And what I'm going to tell you is this is absolutely, without a doubt, a culture issue. When I see that only one unit on this Broncos team can be successful at one time on the field, there's clashing in the locker room. The practice, there is no chemistry. They are not gelling. And to me, that is a coaching problem. I think that Russell Wilson is is an excellent quarterback, but he's the type of quarterback that you plug into an already successful system. The Broncos had so many wounds before Russ even got there that it's not really fair to say, well, why didn't you fix everything? because he can't fix everything there were so many problems before Russ even got there Vance Joseph to me was the worst hire that the Bron the Broncos have already tried things with Vance Joseph that's what people don't under people are forgetting we've already (laughs) done this with Vance Joseph before what made Sean Payton think or believe that that was going to be a good idea I think anyone would have been better than Vance Joseph so to me Russell Wilson doesn't deserve scrutiny as a quarterback himself because he's a type of quarterback he's excellent he's got the skill he's got the talent but he He needs to be plugged into an already successful system. I'm talking defense, coaching, offense, front office, everything. And we plugged him into a system that had so many wounds and we were expecting Russ to be the Band-Aid. It just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. So he has had excellent games all season up until this last game. And honestly, he's probably getting checked out. He's probably running out of seam. He's probably just as frustrated as we are because when he's been playing well, nobody else has been showing up. Now all of a sudden we get a right. somewhat competent defense, and Russ is like, "It's just, it's a mess. It's a mess." There were too many all issues right. to begin with. It was not. It's not all on Russ, that's for sure. I really don't think all so. All right,
2: listen. I appreciate I appreciate the uh, the, the loyalty and the fandom, <laughs> the fandom that you both have. You just will not stop. But I'll get it. Listen, I want to bring in a. I want to change directions here because this is a topic. It's a a, a serious topic that I want all of us to uh, weigh in on. Uh, I want to hear you live with Natalie and, and you, Jason, as well. Uh, Kaiser Gondryzik, uh WNBA player, former WNBA player, or WNBA player who um, we thought, we thought, cause I want to be sensitive to her comments. Uh, she uh, posted something on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, she posted something talking about. Um, her situation being used to fulfill somebody else's agenda and somebody else's narrative. And she didn't say these things about Kevin Porter Jr. She didn't say that Kevin Porter Jr. to quote her balled up his fist and punched her repeatedly in the face. She didn't say that certain injuries were caused by Kevin Porter Jr. And I just wanna ask you all, and I don't know what happened. We really don't know what happened, but I do know this historically, there's a strong percentage, a high percentage Of of victims of domestic violence who will say one thing initially that is their truth or the truth and then after further reflection for a number of reasons will then take that back and say hey that's not actually how it happened and leave us alone I I just wonder how I want to get just opinions around the room just what you think of this story what, what your first thought is when you when you hear it and you see it playing out like this, Natalie, I'll start with you.
5: Yeah, um, I, I think what's important to note about her tweet, what she put out, and anytime she's on some level tried to push back against what's out there, is that she's never once said that something didn't happen. What she said is it's being mischaracterized or like. She didn't say that. So maybe she said something different, you know, so but she's never actually said there was not an incident that occurred where I was not harmed. Right. So she hasn't actually refuted that Um, her sister has come out and put out statements on social media that don't align with her. Uh, And in addition, like you already said, Holly, this is something often that victims of domestic violence do. So I'm not surprised by her commentary at all. Um, There were also the fact that like the one of the assault charges was dropped. And so a lot of people started running with like, oh, you know, like, calm down. We don't need to like jump to conclusions. But I'm going to tell you, I'm very comfortable saying that Kevin Porter Jr. should be out of the NBA. I believe that he abused his partner. It was not the first incident. There was a police report. Hotel employees found her. There was a hospital report. The DA is still proceeding with charges. And while the, while the assault charge, because they discovered there's no broken bone in her neck, um, was dropped, there's still assault charges for strangulation and her eye, you know, she had bruises. So that happened from someone. It didn't, she didn't, she didn't do it to herself. So someone abused her and I believe the right and correct person is being charged and we'll see it play out, but he has no business being in the NBA and that's where I stand on this. Liv or Jason.
4: I I agree. I mean, I think that, I think her, you know, kind of, I don't want to say deflecting, but but getting down to the nitty-gritty of the details, closed fist versus open fist, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. When there is a police report, there are witnesses, there are hotel employees that saw something go down. Abuse is abuse. Uh, there's not a single man in this world that should be aggressively putting his hands on a woman ever point blank period there is no excuse for it so i think when you start seeing victims of domestic abuse and i don't want to speak for her because again these situations are very difficult to talk about when we don't know every layer of what happened right i wasn't there i didn't witness it i can only go off of what i see as fact which is charges witnesses uh hospital statements as Uh, Natalie alluded to so I can't I can't act like I was there but what I do know is abuse is abuse Um, and there was clearly a level of that that went down that night and I think that when we start seeing victims going back and and clarifying little details and trying to fact check and whatever it's to eliminate as much uh, scrutiny that the abuser will receive but regardless to me a little detail as a closed fist versus open fist a this versus that it really doesn't matter to me abuse is abuse there's no there's obviously there's levels to it of course but in this situation I think that the details right now to me personally just don't matter it's simply simply put he uh, he put his hands on his partner in an aggressive way uh, which is never okay and he shouldn't be playing in the NBA and I think that right now more than ever the NBA needs to be very careful about how they handle these things moving forward because we are seeing it more and more. We saw with Miles Bridges that he was back in the NBA before we know it. Now he's arrested again. Now the NBA looks like Boo Boo the Fool because guess what? You let this man go back on a court, get back in a practice facility, play basketball with his teammates again. And guess what? There's now a mugshot of him smiling all over the place. And it's like, it's one of those situations where every move is going to matter with how the NBA handles this as it progresses, regardless of the information that comes out. Um, Because now we're seeing it, it kind of bite the NBA in the butt a little bit with a Miles Bridges situation. So I hope they do the right thing. And I think that there's no room for play. There's enough talent in the NBA. You don't need a guy like that you're not losing anything by eliminating um, KPJ out of this league. You're just not. Doc Johnson. Or Miles Bridges. He, he needs
2: oh, to I
1: go. have to say, I have a tremendous amount of empathy for anyone who is a victim of sort of domestic violence, whether it's verbal, financial, or physical. And I also empathize with what she's doing because as, as a WNBA player, as a young woman, as a young Black woman, she has seen – how social media and the press and ignorant commentators will often attack black women for coming forward or playing any role in holding a black man accountable for physical abuse. I mean, there are people who came after Megan The Stanley, she got shot in the foot. So, of course, this woman is probably concerned. Of course she's thinking, I don't want this to be my reputation. And this is, and you, I've almost never said this, but i got to be honest, this is one of the few areas where I am generally pleased with our criminal justice system in America. And that is the fact that in states like Massachusetts, Colorado, New York, several other states, that the state can continue with a prosecution of domestic violence, even if the likely victim wants to recant or does not want to participate in the process. And these laws were put in place because women who were victimized would often fear retaliation and they wouldn't want to come forward. So the state can say, look, we get it. We get it. You have a story. You're afraid. You think this person will come back and harm you. You think it'll harm you professionally. We will pursue this anyway. And that's what we see happening here. I hope, I hope that in more instances that the state is this concerned about people who aren't famous, that the state is concerned about the woman who's a single mother of four children who gets beaten by her partner, that the state is still concerned about the young trans person who's beaten by their partner, because that's what our system is supposed to do. It is supposed to protect people who are likely victimized, even if they don't want to see themselves or don't want to be known as victims.
5: Michael, can I just say one thing really quickly?
2: Yeah. Final word. You got the final word, Natalie. Good.
5: Yeah, um, as you know, i revealed before that I've been um, in an abusive relationship before. And so one of the things is like the reason why I don't even like to say her name, because like victims of domestic violence, they're supposed to be discussed with privacy, right? Their names aren't even supposed to be revealed. But because who the player is and because she's a WNBA player, she's already lost the ability to even do that. Right. So. um this is when you go through something like that, oftentimes you feel a lot of different emotions. Besides fear, there is um, embarrassment, shame, a, a plethora of things. So when Jason says like she she doesn't want to be known for that, I I don't know her personally, but that is often a feeling that people have. Like you don't, You don't want people to know this about you you think you did something wrong it's embarrassing you know like my family didn't even know like no one knew like i didn't tell anyone for years and years and years so it's not something you want out there about yourself especially depending on how you're perceived so um you know again i do want to respect her in this case and that's why when she comes out with these statements it doesn't change my position but i just want her to get peace of peace of mind and to be safe
4: I also think I it's worth it noting, these. really quickly, uh, that, ahead, that yeah, she ahead, probably go ahead, go ahead. she probably does have a lot of love for him, and that, and like just and, exactly. and I'm not obviously exactly. it, it's a horrible situation, but when you are with somebody, when you spend time with yep. somebody, when you grow with someone, you 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 div- you know you become who you are alongside this person. Even when they mess up, you still love them, and so there's probably yep. a layer two of she doesn't want to see his life ruined. Although she she feels the pain and she she is absolutely a victim in this situation and what he did was absolutely unacceptable. There's also that layer of, I know that this person did something horrible, but I have a lot of love for them. I don't want to see their life ruined. I don't want to see them lose everything they've worked for. I don't, whether or not they deserve it, when you, that, that feeling of love can overpower a lot of ugly things. And so I think it's also worth drawing attention to the fact that she probably just cares about him. And that makes it, I'm sure, 10 times harder to to handle yep. this in the public eye.
2: Fair point. I appreciate all of you, all of you for uh, having this conversation. I think it's important that we have these, uh, truly, these these family conversations, uh, especially with subjects that, that are often just kind of glossed over in the mainstream or flat out ignored. I'm glad that uh, you all didn't ignore it and uh, brought some really important points to the table. So thank you all.
3: This team is uh, led by committee, Um, a lot of different areas you know we have AC leads defensively, Asia leads us emotionally, Uh, I think Chelsea leads us more um, X's and O's and uh, you know getting people where they're supposed to be so um, like I said earlier it's not gonna be one person that you know attempts to try to fill that gap it's gonna be the team you know and uh, I mean this team has responded all year we've been through a lot I mean shoot we've been Uh, Hurt, sued, arrested, you name it, we've done it. So, like I said, I'm confident in our group and um, we've gone through a lot of adversity. We'll be ready.
2: I'm just gonna get right to it. I'm gonna get right to it. I picked the Aces to sweep the Liberty. That didn't happen. They lose game three, Uh, pretty convincingly. They didn't get blown out, they lost convincingly. And now going into game four, they're missing Gray and Stokes going mm-hmm. to game four. where they can win the WNBA finals. Uh, I, I saw out the aces, uh, Natalie and Jason, but I'm a little worried. Natalie, tell me why I shouldn't worry.
5: Well, you shouldn't worry because back Becky Hammond is a master at adjustments um, and Asia Wilson is the best player in the WNBA. But you should worry a little because It's gonna be a big task. They already have like a bench, a non-existent bench really. And so you're gonna need some people to step up, but they've, you know, as they've said, like in all these statements, they've been here before in terms of playing all season without key players. So, um, and they know that they still have one more game after in their home court. So those yeah, are all ooh, reasons like to not that. be fully worried.
2: Let's not talk like that. Oh, let's not talk like that. I don't wanna I it. know, but
5: I'm just saying, but you know, they're they're going in to try to get it done tonight. So I'm expecting a big game from Asia. Uh Kelsey Plum is gonna step up and play big time. Alicia Clark, sixth uh player of the year. She's gonna come in and fill big shoes. But they they have the bodies to get it done, but it's gonna be a big challenge.
2: Jason, call it for us. What's what what do you see here tonight? Game four, WNBA. Look, anytime
5: finals. you're missing your point guard, and you, they call him point guard,
1: like when your point guard is that important, it's gonna be difficult. It's gonna be sort of a difficult challenge tonight. My my thought is this. I, and I say this all the time. I like the aces. I like the aces because they used to have a problematic players that I was a big fan of. But at the end of the day. <laughs> I I don't see how you can change momentum when you lose key players, you're playing on the road and this other team, the Liberty has a chance to tie it up. I just think that's going to be very, very difficult to do. And it's not even a reflection of of great strengths and Brianna Stewart and everything else like that with the Liberty. It's just that the hand is theirs right now. But as I often say in these kinds of games where I don't have a massive investment one way or another, I just want a good game. A lot of these games haven't been all that competitive. And even though the WNBA finals has been the most watched WNBA finals in the history of the league, which I think is awesome and a testament to the fact that more and more Americans are recognizing that ball can be played all year and the ball can be played by men and women just as exciting. I don't think these finals have been that exciting. So I, I'm kind of rooting for the Liberty to win tonight so we can have a longer series and maybe have some slightly more competitive games.
2: All right. Hey, listen, Natalie, you know yeah. who I'm going for tonight? You know who I'm Asa, going for? Baby. Come on now, Asa. I, I want to see it—just a, a, a nice gritty. I don't, it don't need to be a great game. Just a nice gritty, a gritty win. Win it by six on the road. <laughs> Come on, I got money on it too. I got some money on it.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal.
2: Uh, you were a Fuji's fan just like I was back in the day, love the Fuji's groundbreaking hip hop group, shout out uh, Lauren Hill, of course uh, but uh, Proz Michelle from the Fuji says he wants a, new, a, a, a retrial because his attorney used AI for the closing arguments, I bet like this is, like, Jason we have never heard this before, this is hilarious your thoughts on this I think it's amazing. Like I said,
1: if we call it, blame it on the al- al- algorithm. Okay. First off, if your legal defense can basically be, I don't like the crib notes that my lawyer used. I want everybody out there to ever ask their lawyer, if you've ever gone to trial, Hey, did you use legal zoom? Right? Because that's basically what he's saying here. Look, Proz is guilty. Proz is going to jail. He's going to be in jail longer than it took Lauren Hill to show up for that concert in Newark last night, where she showed three and a half. Oh, wait he a minute. Hold on. For Hold a on. Very, Hold, very, on. Long Hold time.
2: on. See, Hey, hey, listen, listen. You leave, you leave Lauren out of this. Ain't got nothing to do with Lauren. Just have some respect. Have some respect for Laura Hill. Shame I, I'm on just you. being honest. We still wait for her oh, to show, man. Up. Oh, come
3: on.
0: <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.